Good afternoon, everybody. Okay. As I've shared before, I came to Christ and trusted Him as my Savior when I was in a youth camp during my teenage years. And of course, it's been a long journey indeed. But there is one thing I can say. He is a wonderful Savior, the Lord Jesus indeed. So many, many times, okay, I've also let Him down. Okay? But He's always picked me up. And all throughout the years, okay, I can only say that my walk with Him has been sweeter each passing day indeed. Okay. Uh, there are many things that I have learned from His Word also, okay, which has helped me grow okay, in my Christian walk. Okay. So I thought I just want to share one of them with you this afternoon. Okay. <clears throat> we'll look to Him in prayer, shall we? Loving God and Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your precious Word. <clears throat> you have told us, Forever, O Lord, Thy Word is settled in heaven. <clears throat> the opinions of man is never ever settled. It passes away. <clears throat> but your truth, Father, is anchored in eternity and is settled indeed. Every issue of life, when we refer that to your word, finds its solution. We pray, Father, that you will speak to our hearts this afternoon. <clears throat> Give us strength, Father, for life's journey. And above all, we thank you for the peace that passes all understanding when we rest upon your care and rest upon the promises of your unchanging word. We ask even right now that you will speak to every individual heart, permeate the whole hall with your holy presence. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Dear friends, in the year 700 BC, roughly about 700 years before the birth of Christ, Assyria was the dominant power in the Middle East. That's right. Its armies, by the way, were feared. Its king, Sennacherib, you know, his name, Sennacherib's name, struck terror in the hearts of, of all those, okay, all other kingdoms okay, surrounding that of Assyria. Okay. Its armies, by the way, under Sennacherib, like hordes of locusts, okay, had been ravaging, pillaging, conquering, enslaving okay, many of the surrounding nations around her. Okay. As a matter of fact, uh, the kingdom of Israel, you know, of which Samaria at that time was its capital, had also been conquered. The Assyrian army was known, as it, was known for its cruelty. They would pile the skulls, by the way, of people whom they had beheaded on, on the gates of the cities they had conquered as a warning, by the way, not to resist its power. Sometimes they would put hooks on the noses of, its, uh, of the people whom they had conquered, okay? or even hooks uh, on their lips, uh, and of course dragged them along like cattle. <laughs> yeah, that's right. As they marched uh, in victory and all. Okay? Soon, of course, the Assyrian kingdom was marching from the north down to the south okay? to do battle with the Egyptian army. Okay? That's right. Its rival in the south. Okay? And of course, as the hordes of the Assyrians were coming down toward the south, a curious little kingdom lay along the way. Okay? It's a kingdom called Judah. Mm -hmm. Judah used to be apart, by the way. Okay? Used, to be, uh, used to be together in unity with Israel, the northern nation. But of course, because of its own disobedience, the nation had been split into two. Okay? 
And uh, Judah lay along, you know, the pathway of the Assyrian army marching toward Egypt. His military scouts or military intelligence must have told Sennacherib that there was a king by the name of Hezekiah. Even then, Judah had deteriorated okay, because of its disobedience to God okay, into, of course, weak, weakened and corrupt kings. But Hezekiah was different, by the way. Okay. For some reasons, he had pulled the nation together. He had even reinstituted the worship, uh, uh, the memorial of the Passover, which the nation had long forgotten. That, of course, was a memorial God had instituted to commemorate the fact that Israel had a nation, as a nation, many years before had been rescued from Egypt by the powerful hand of the Almighty God. But the nation had forgotten that Hezekiah didn't do, <clears throat> had not forgotten. He reinstituted the Passover. He brought the nation back together in the worship of the true God, and God had greatly blessed him, okay? blessed that nation. So that was what the spies had told Sennacherib. Don't take Hezekiah lightly, okay? although, of course, his kingdom might be small. Okay? But soon, the Assyrian army was just not far away. They could actually see okay? the horses, the army, the trumping, of course, of the shields and swords okay? coming toward them. The people of Judah must have feared, covered in fear. What are we going to do? Okay? The Assyrian king sent, by the way, his messengers uh, to the walls of Judah, shouting to them, Surrender. Send a present to my master. Who can withstand the might of Sennacherib? He said, Have all the gods of the other nations been able to rescue them? No. All of them have fallen to his power, and you'll, you'll just be one of them. Surrender. Give up. They shouted, by the way, one of them probably knew Hebrew, okay? shouted in the Hebrew language. And of course, uh, uh, the menacing horde of the Assyrian army was there. The people must have feared. They knew the cruelty of the Assyrians. A message was actually sent, maybe a letter, okay? to Hezekiah himself, okay? demanding surrender there and then. Okay? What Hezekiah did, the Bible tells us in 2 Kings chapter 19 and Isaiah chapter 35 and 36 was that he saw, by the way, that menacing letter okay, from the king of Assyria. And there and then, okay, he brought it into the temple of God. Okay? He knelt down and, of course, Lord, he said, it is true that the Assyrians have been able to conquer so many nations, okay? but they were not really gods. They were gods of wood and of earth. You alone are the almighty God, the creator of the universe and all. Okay? You see the predicament our nation is in. Okay? Lord, there is no other source of rescue. There is no other source of strength. Only you are the one who can rescue us. We put our faith and trust in you. There and then, okay? the prophet Isaiah, who was also a messenger from God, comforted Hezekiah and said, God has heard your prayer. Do not worry. It is all in the hands of God. Many, many times, you and I also encounter enemies, your life and mine, threatening to disturb our own personal peace. Battles come along, you know, 
There is turbulence all around us. But there and then the Bible tells us Hezekiah heard God's word of comfort, put his faith and trust in him, and rest, rested in God's loving care. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Okay? The next day, the next day, instead of the tumult of war, okay, the sounds of chariots and of horses, the Bible tells us there was an eerie silence across the plains. It was all silent, okay? What happened? Where, where is the enemy? Of course, scouts must have been sent out then, to see where the, they were surprised to see acres and acres okay, of dead bodies okay, across the battlefield. Okay? The Bible tells us that that night, the angel of the Lord swept through the Assyrian camp. Okay? 185,000 Assyrian soldiers lay dead there and then on the battlefield. Okay? The king had retreated. Sennacherib, who had never known that, retreat. Okay? The Bible tells us that when he went back to his own homeland, humiliated and defeated, he was actually praying in the temple of his own pagan god. Okay? When his own sons, when his own sons came on him, assassinated him, killed their own father, okay? and fled. Okay? But there and then, of course, the Assyrian threat, okay? the Assyrian threat was no more. Okay? Out of this incident, a memorial to this incident, came a beautiful song, the 46th Psalm. Okay? People think Hezekiah himself must have written that psalm, but it tells us that in the midst of life's turbulence, in the midst of a world of turmoil, you know, whether it be news happening around our world or in our own personal life, whatever turmoil comes in, you know, God, by the way, is our unchanging shelter. Okay? There are three wonderful truths you and I can learn okay, from this wonderful psalm. Okay? If we are to experience the peace of God in everyday life amidst life's turmoil okay, and turbulence, and you and I go through such times, isn't it? Yeah? Sometimes trouble comes along yeah? in various forms and in various ways. There might be threats, okay? unexpected, and of course, it just disturbs your peace and mind and causes some people sleepless nights. But God tells us, remember several wonderful truths about Him. And if we do, based on the 46th Psalm, you and I can be at rest, can be at peace, knowing that the situation is in God's hands. God, by the way, has promised His help. He has promised His presence. We can rest upon His promises. The 46th Psalm, Shall we read it together, everybody? I believe there are several wonderful truths you and I can learn in the midst of God's life's turmoil. The 46th Psalm, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Verse 2 together. Therefore will we not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with a swelling thereof. Everyone, first of all, we learn that God is our refuge. We need not fear. Verse 4 to verse 7 tells us that God is our river. 
we need not faint. Okay? And of course, the last three verses tells us that God is our unchanging resource. We need not fret. God is our refuge. We need not fear. Verse 4 to verse, 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 four to verse 7, God is our river. We need not faint. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High, together. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and them rightly so. There is a river. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. Verse 7, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. God is our river. Okay? Don't also forget, everybody, God is our unchanging resource. We need not fret or worry. Okay? Verse 8, Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. In other words, what wonders he has made throughout the earth. Verse 9, He makes war to cease unto the ends of the earth. He breaketh the bow, he cutteth the spear asunder, he burneth the chariot in the fire. Verse 10, claimed his promise, everybody. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refu refuge. Selah, everyone. God is our refuge. We need not fear. First of all, everyone, he is an awesome refuge. We are told in the book of Psalms, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my what? Refuge and strength. A very present... Again, He is, he is my refuge and strength. The word refuge literally means a sheltered, a hiding place. In other words, everyone... We cannot depend upon people alone because people, even our closest friends and those who are closest to us, sometimes can let us down. But there is a Lord God, by the way, who in the midst of life's turmoil and turbulence is an awesome God. There is nothing too big for His power, neither anything too small for His love. Uh, Tyrants and kings may think that they have okay, the fate and the destiny of nations in their hands. But in reality, it is God, by the way, who overrules all that is happening around our world. Okay. Behold, the book of Isaiah tells us, He is an awesome God. The nations are but a drop in the bucket and counted unto Him as nothing. That's right. Daniel, by the way, told King Nebuchadnezzar, okay, the Babylonian king, later on after Assyria fell. So you will see no power on earth, by the way, can last forever. It is God, by the way, who raises up one and puts down another. Okay. Even the king of Babylon, Babylon was the empire which succeeded Assyria as a world power during its time. Okay. And of course, Nebuchadnezzar, who was king in Babylon at that time, was a very, very proud monarch. But of course, even he okay, had to realize that he was but a man. Okay? 
just as the king of the king of Assyria is nothing more than an ordinary man, okay, whom God had put in power for his own purpose. Okay? History is but his story in the long run. Okay? Daniel, by the way, bravely said to the king of Babylon, okay, you are not awesome, by the way. It is God alone who controls the nations and history itself that the nations may know, Daniel chapter 4, verse 17, that the nations may know that the Most High God ruleth from among the kingdoms of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will, even to the basis, even to the worst you know, of tyrants, the basis of men. It is actually God who is in control over it all. God is our refuge and strength. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. There was a man by the name of Martin Luther who in the year 1517 shook the world by writing down 95 theses against the then prevailing religious power. As we know, the Roman church had the Bible under lock and key. And of course, only their so-called clergy could could dispense Christian teachings to the population of that time. But this brave man, upon learning from his study of God's word, that a man is saved not by his own good works, but simply by faith alone in the finished work of the Lord Jesus, wrote all these things down you know, in 95 Theses and, of course, pasted it on the door of a castle wall, on the door of a castle called Wittenberg. There and then, upon pasting down, people, by the way, at that time, looked and read what he has written, how he challenged the authority of that time, okay, who had placed the Bible under control, okay, to release the word of God to the common people. His life was greatly endangered by what he did. It, of course, from then, a series of events happened after that time. We started, of course, the Protestant Reformation, as we know. But, of course, his life was greatly endangered. Many, many a time, of course, he never knew whether he would even survive. But he and his friend Philip Melanchthon would often meet together and say, look, yeah, we have enemies right and left. There is no help from man we can ever meet. Okay? However, God is our refuge and strength, Psalm chapter 46. And from that psalm, which they read together and sang together, came a very, very famous hymn. It's also in our hymnal. Okay? That's number 36, but everyone knows that. Yeah. A mighty what? One, two, go. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. He acknowledged the fact that if, of course, the biblical cause of the Reformation were to survive, we have to trust in God, the Almighty God, despite the overwhelming odds he had faced. But of course, it's true. God is our refuge. We need not fear. He is an awesome refuge. Not only is he an awesome refuge, he is an accessible refuge. We are told in scripture, for example, the eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath what are the everlasting arms. 
Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 27. Whenever we feel weak, whenever we fall, underneath are the everlasting arms. He is an, God is our refuge and strength. A what? A very present help in times of trouble. He is an awesome refuge. He is an accessible refuge. We are told in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Thank you. That's right. Very thoughtful. That's right. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, warns us about, about covetousness because he himself hath promised. Remember this word. He himself has promised, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Remember that. The word never in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, is a double negative. I will no, never leave. That is significant. Whenever Jesus wanted to emphasize a point, he would often repeat himself twice. For example, he would say, Verily, verily, I say unto you. Remember that? Many a time. In other words, get this. It's important. Verily, verily. It's a double. Get here is, here is the same thing too. <clears throat> he himself hath promised, I will no, never leave you, nor forsake you. In the original Greek, by the way, it is a double negative. In other words, God stakes his reputation on his ability to take care of you and me. Okay? Day by day, we can rest upon his care whenever we feel that we are in tight places. That is what the word trouble is. A very present help in times of trouble. Tight places in which we don't know where to turn, don't know where to go. Okay? I also noticed that that Bible verse tells us this. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in time. He is our refuge. He hides us. He is our strength. He helps us. That's right. Many, many a time we feel weak. We feel that we have, no, we have no strength to carry on. There and then, we hide in the love of God. But God doesn't just hide us to keep us hidden forever. Okay? God is our refuge. He hides us. God is also our strength. He helps us. He hides us when we feel helpless and we don't know what to do. We, know, we do not know where else to turn to. But after hiding us, he also helps us, strengthens us to, feel, to face life's challenges, gives us strength for life's journey. Elijah was such also in the Old Testament. When he was threatened by King Ahab, Elijah had to learn a lesson, by the way, before he could face up to the prophets on Mount Carmel. God, by the way, hid Elijah on the brook of Sherith. For three years, God hid him. And he found out that God can be relied upon. He never ever got thirsty. He never ever went hungry. God, by the way, fed him through the ravens and through the brook. God hid him. But after three years, at first God had told Elijah, Elijah, 
hide yourself. But after three years, God told him, Elijah, show yourself. God also does the same thing for you and me, I have learned. Many times when I am hurting, when there are tears in my eyes, and I feel I cannot carry on, there and then God tells us, hide, he is your refuge. He will comfort, strengthen you. But, Stephen, you don't hide. God doesn't hide you so that you will, be, you will stay hidden forever. He is your refuge. He is also your strength. After you have hidden in the love of God, he gives you the necessary strength with which to carry on and face the challenges of everyday life. Indeed, it is also true in Elijah's case. It is true in your case and mine also. By the way, Elijah, hide yourself. Elijah, show yourself. It is also true with every servant of God, I have learned. Unless we learn to hide ourselves in the love of God, during those times of quietness, prayer, and devotion before Him, we can never really show ourselves to God's people because our service for Him will always be weak. It is true that every Christian, before we engage in any outer service for Him, must learn to hide ourselves in the love of God, rest in His loving care, quiet times of devotion and intimacy before Him, there and then, after we have hidden ourselves in the love of God, can we step out and show ourselves in Christian service. God, by the way, is our refuge. He is awesome. He is accessible. He is also ageless, everybody. Look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. Therefore, shall we not fear though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea? Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled. The earth, by the way, is one of the most ageless things. It doesn't, it has always been there. Okay? But some way, somehow, okay, the psalmist is telling us that although okay, the earth be shaken by turbulence, okay, and of course, islands break away from, uh, pieces break away from continents and all, okay, the earth may change, but God, by the way, is ageless. I am the Lord, I change not. Okay? Malachi chapter 3, verse 7. Okay? We can rely upon him. And of course, in the New Testament, we are also reminded, Jesus saying to you and me, okay? Jesus Christ is the same, what? Yesterday, today, and forever. Okay? The ageless, accessible, ageless, you know, God, okay? our refuge, okay? All, he was, <clears throat> all that he was was true before. He is <clears throat> just as present today, and he never, ever changes. His word never changes also, isn't it? Psalm chapter 119, verse 89 tells us, okay, the 119th verse, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Do you see that, everyone? Forever, O Lord, my word is never settled, everyone. I have changed my opinions from time to time. I must humbly admit that sometimes, of course, medical literature also is changing. <laughs> what was true many years ago in the treatment of diabetes isn't necessarily true today also, as new things are actually discovered. The opinions of man change. That's right. 
there are even bestsellers throughout the world, which they used to be bestsellers in the past. But right now, you can buy them from any second-hand bookstore for a dollar. Okay? The writings of men will change. But the Bible, God's Word, has always been and always will be the bestseller of all time. It never, ever changes. What God tells us was true before is just as true today also. He tells us, for example, how to live a life that is blessed and purposeful, okay? how, to have a, how to have a wonderful family home, okay? how to settle relationships, and most of all, how to go to heaven. Okay? They were written in His ageless word. Okay? They were true before. They are also true today, isn't it? God is our refuge. We need not fear, everyone. Whatever turbulence happens in life, my dear friend, whatever is happening in your life and mine, remember God's promise. We might be encountering things that uh, cause us to fear, okay? but in the midst of it all, He is our refuge. We need not fear. He is also our river. We need not faint. We read that in verses 4 to verse 6, okay? river, okay? there is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, Jerusalem. You see, in ancient times, in ancient warfare, okay, whenever a powerful army okay, marches, by the way, into a kingdom it seeks to conquer, okay, the people, of course, seeing the tumult, the tumult of the enemy coming, would run into the walls of the city. Okay? The gates would be barred and all that. Many, many a time, a city isn't conquered because of flaming arrows or catapults or the, army try, or the enemy trying to batter down, the, batter down the gate and all. Slowly and slowly, the enemy also knows that the city will give up the moment its food and what water supply is actually cut off. And Hezekiah knew this. He anticipated the fact that the Assyrian army was coming there was a stream called Gihon, that's right. He had his engineers tunnel, conduct a conduit, a conduit from the stream of Gihon, tunneling through heavy rock, 1,777 feet, they say, into the city of Jerusalem, ending up, of course, in a pool called Siloam. Some of us who have been to Jerusalem have seen that. That is why we can actually say the Bible, by the way, is the Word of God because archaeology yeah, supports it. Indeed, Many of the places in the Bible, Jericho, for example, okay, the, the kings who have been mentioned have actually been shown to be historical. Okay? And of course, the pool of Siloam is actually there. We can actually see that for ourselves. Hezekiah <clears throat> tunneled through, okay, made that pool all the way, made a conduit, tunneled through heavy rock, made sure that the people okay, inside a city would have sufficient water with which to drink. That's right. Then, of course, he covered up traces okay, of that tunnel so that the Assyrian king will not be able to see that. Okay. But, of course, the writer of the Psalms could have been Hezekiah also, okay, saw in that secret, secret flow of that river, okay, the resources of God, by the way, <clears throat> We read, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad Jerusalem, the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. He saw in it God's presence, 
People may not see it, but God's resources are there, despite unseen eyes. Every Christian in our everyday life also has an unseen resource which the world never ever sees. Sometimes people wonder how one who has faith and trust in God can have such peace in the midst of the challenges of everyday life, despite the pain, sometimes difficult situations which you and I can go through. What is the secret of that peace? Well, of course, there is a river which flows through your life and mind. God is in the midst of her. Whose words are this? Everybody. On the last day of the feast, he said, If any man come unto me, out of his belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. That's right. The Holy Spirit, by the way, is compared to a river in the Christian life. People may not see him, but he is there. That's right. He is the secret source of a Christian's strength day by day. The waters that the world offers can never, can never truly satisfy. But the waters that God offers through the Spirit of God can quench the deepest thirst of your soul and mind. At the start of Jesus' ministry, he walked through a little town called Samaria. And in the midst of the noonday heat, there was a woman rejected by her own people, that's right, who came out just to draw water from a well. But of course, when Jesus asked her for water from that well, she was at first surprised, of course. Jews have no dealings with Samaritans, first of all. How is it you and she, Jesus, by the way, could have bypassed Samaria on the way toward Jericho. But he purposely passed by because a soul was in need. These are the words of our Savior. He who drinks of the water from this well will thirst once more. But if you only knew of the water that I am about to give you, you will never ever thirst again. That's right. You see, the Samaritan woman was simply thinking about material things, water that you and I can drink visibly. Jesus was saying to her that there is another source of water you should know about. And that source of water, by the way, the salvation that God offers, the spirit who will dwell in the hearts and lives of all those who believe, will give you joy overflowing. Your soul will never, ever thirst There are many people, by the way, who have drank from the waters of the world. And sooner or later, you find out that the the waters of the world can never truly satisfy, isn't it? Ho, everyone that thirsteth, Isaiah chapter 55, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye buy and drink. God, by the way, invites everybody, even today. If you have never ever drank of the waters, of the wells of salvation, to come to Him. Because the waters, the material things of this world, can never ever truly satisfy. You and I may be engaged and may gain success and prestige here in this world. 
But sooner or later, we find out that the whole thing is an empty mirage. Just when we need strength in everyday life, our world has collapsed. But God actually tells us, the material things of the world can never ever satisfy. He that drinks of the water from this well, because the well, by the way, from which the Samaritan woman was taking water from, depends, depended so much on the weather. Okay. When, of course, there was rain and all, the well could be filled. But during the dry season, that well, by the way, would be go empty. But the well that Jesus spoke about from his inner being shall flow rivers, a well of living water. The word well there refers to a collection of water that doesn't depend upon the weather. Okay? It comes from subterranean streams underneath. 365 days throughout, throughout the year, there will always be water bubbling through. And when you need it, it will always be there. Okay? The waters of the world are like that. Okay? Temporarily, it can satisfy. It depends upon an external source. But just when we need strength in everyday life, it's empty. The well runs dry. But the waters that God gives to you and me and supplies okay, yeah, quenches the thirst of our soul. There is joy. There is peace. There is hope in everyday life. There is strength for every situation. Okay? And of course, you and I can drink from that water and never ever thirst. Hezekiah saw, saw this. Okay? The river that flowed into Jerusalem is a secret river. Nobody sees it, just as nobody sees the source of a Christian strength. Okay? But that river will supply the people okay? throughout the year. They will never ever thirst. So, the Holy Spirit supplies your need and mind. Okay? And with Him present in your life and mind, okay? we will never ever thirst. God, by the way, is our refuge. We need not fear. God is our river. We need not thirst. God also is our resource, our everlasting resource. Our, we need not ever worry. We need not ever fret. We read that, by the way, in verse 9. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolation he hath made in the earth. He makes war to cease unto the ends of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear asunder. He burneth the chariot in fire. Look at this, everybody. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted throughout the earth. Okay? The God of Jacob is with us. The word with us, by the way, in ancient Hebrew is the word Imanu, okay? meaning God, by the way, is with me. But of course, in the New Testament, that word is widened into a word called, not Imanu, but Emmanuel. Okay? God is with not only me, but with us. And who is, who is that Emmanuel? We know it. Again, okay? that's right. Be still. And know that I'm God. Hmm. Haven't I heard that somewhere? Oh yes, okay. Once in the New <clears throat> once in, once in the Old Testament, and even in the New Testament also, when Pharaoh's army, by the way, were marching, that's right, and the people of Israel had no other place to turn. Okay? <clears throat> there was the Red Sea across, okay? <clears throat> there was the wilderness of Baal Zephron. 
there was the mountainous pass on the other side, and right behind them was the Egyptian army threatening to massacre the population. They were all panicking there and then. Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. Moses, you know, stilled them and said, Be still, be still, and see the salvation of the Lord, because the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will see no more forever. I don't care whatever enemy comes behind us, everybody. Be still and know that he is God. And there and then, as he raised his hand, what happened? As the Red Sea parted, you and I have red seas in your life and mine also, obstacles that we face. But by the way, God is able to part that obstacle and that red sea. Be still and know that I am God. Do you, do you remember those words in the New Testament? Oh yes, Mark chapter 4 tells us when the disciples, was on, when the disciples were aboard that boat on the, on the Sea of Galilee, Suddenly, by the way, the storm came about, threatening to overwhelm their boat. Carest thou not that we perish? And the Bible tells us amidst the storms, they were in, the storm they were encountering, Jesus got up. And what were his words, everyone? Be still. Jesus said, hush, be still. The waves there and then came down. There are waves in your life and mine, isn't it? You and I. We fear okay, that our own life, our boat, may capsize. There and then, we turn to the Lord. Okay? That's right. There and then, he is in, <clears throat> when He is in your life and mine, okay? be still. Okay? The waves literally heard His voice. Okay? Do you hear His voice even today, everyone? That's it. Be still and know that I am God. God tells us, I will be exalted among the nations. We can, rest in, we can rest in His care. We can rest in His love. Everybody, together. God is our refuge. We need not fear. God is our river. We need not faint in everyday life. But above all, God is our resource. We need not fret above all. There are those among us, and even people, who visit our congregation from time to time, okay, who might say, gee, I have my fears in life. Okay? Many, many a time I feel that life is empty, it's dry. I feel like I'm fainting. That's it. I fret very, very often. I'm often anxious in everyday life, and I cannot sleep. Okay? Why, everyone? Okay? Well, the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us, there, there is no peace at all in life. And I want to experience that peace that I need not fear, that I need not faint, that I need not fret. But the Bible tells us there is no peace to the wicked. Said it. Isaiah chapter 57, okay, verse 20 and verse 21. People often misquote that in everyday life. Okay? There is no fear. There is no peace to the wicked. Sadly, everyone, everyone throughout the world was born in a state, okay, of estrangement from a holy God. That's right. Some way, somehow, in the sight of God, a God who is all-powerful and all-holy, okay, you and I are quote-unquote wicked okay, because we have broken His law. Okay? There is a vast gap that separates a holy God from a sinful man. Man was first 
created to have fellowship with His Creator. But because of our own stubborn self-will, we chose to go our own independent way. The first man did that, and you and I inherited that rebellious nature from him. That's right. We are estranged from a holy God and wicked in his sight. We can never ever experience true peace in everyday life because there is no peace to the wicked. But when a believing sinner puts his faith and trust in the Lord Jesus, there and then the Bible tells us the gap that separates a holy God from sinful man has been bridged. There is peace with God, and because of that, we can experience the peace of God in everyday life. That's right. So for those who are struggling with the issues of life and there is no peace, the first step, no doubt, is being at peace with a holy God. When a believing sinner looks to the cross of Calvary, saying, Lord, I may not understand it all, but I know that when you died on that cross, you died to pay the penalty for my sins. I want to accept that gift. The Bible tells us that there and then, God not only forgives the believing sinner's sins, but he clothes him with the righteousness of the Lord Jesus. There and then, he is at peace with a holy God, and that can be your, that can be anybody's gift who will turn to Christ and avail of that opportunity. There and then, as we walk and grow in faith, being at peace with God, we can also experience the peace of God in everyday life. Okay? Amen. May God bless His Word to your heart and mind. Okay?